Moses is long gone. Joshua is dead. And now Israel gets a new kind of leader. Today we'll meet the judges, God's leaders for a wayward nation. Thanks for tuning in to The Bible Brief. In our last two narrative episodes, we witnessed the entrance into the land by a new generation after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. We saw Joshua lead the people to the first conquest of the city of Jericho and the deliverance of the household of Rahab from Jericho's destruction. This was quickly followed by Israel's loss of the first battle of Ai, because one of the Israelites had taken some of the things from Jericho that should have been devoted to God. God wouldn't allow the success of the Israelite army in the midst of their disobedience. Now, after dealing with the disobedient man, the Israelites go to Ai again. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. And soon, despite being routed the first time they tried to take Ai, they defeat the city the second time. It turns out that the deciding factor in battle was the presence of God and not the strength of Israel's army. This theme stretches through most of the book of Joshua, that God is the one who grants the Israelites victory. God, who promised to drive out the inhabitants of the land of Canaan, would do as he said. He would be with his people, as the people were obedient to his rule over them. As the conquest continues, we also get a picture of Joshua as a faithful leader who follows what God says. And over time, Joshua leads the people in battle against their enemies to great success. Listen to this from Joshua chapter 11. So Joshua took the whole land, according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel, according to their tribal allotments. And the land had rest from war. Now what is apparently a statement of total success here, that Joshua took the whole land, is qualified a little bit later in Joshua 13 around the time of Joshua's death. It says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines, and all those of the Geshurites, and all those of the Avim. And the list goes on. I'll stop there because you get the point. Joshua's success in taking the whole land was a statement of general territorial dominance, but not yet one of outright control. There were still cities and people groups to be conquered and driven out of the land. Okay, so now since territorial dominance has been largely achieved, Joshua then begins to apportion the land among the twelve tribes of Israel. This apportioning goes on for several chapters, with mention of various landmarks to ensure specificity and adequate definition of each of the tribe's lands. And at the end of the book of Joshua, we find a speech that he gives to the people. While we don't have time to cover it in this jog-through, you should know that it carries similar themes to Moses' speech in the book of Deuteronomy. Joshua encourages people to obey the law that God had given them. Further, just like Moses, he anticipates the people's rejection of God and that they will turn away from him. And Joshua's part in the story effectively ends with this. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. 
And this brings us to the time of the judges. And here we see what happens when the people reject God's commands. While the people were supposed to complete the conquest of the land that Joshua had started, they failed to do so. In the first chapter of the book of Judges, the seventh book of the Bible, we find a listing of several of the twelve tribes who, quote, did not drive out the inhabitants of their allotted territories. And soon we see that the people of Israel abandoned God altogether. I'm going to read excerpts from an extended portion here in Judges chapter 2. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods, from among the gods of the peoples who were around them, and bowed down to them. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies, so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress. And then listen to the repeating events of the book of Judges as we continue in the passage. Then the Lord raised up judges, who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them, and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of the practices or their stubborn ways." So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he said, Because this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died, in order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord, as their fathers did, or not. So I know that was a lot, but it was a good summary of what the whole book of Judges is generally about. You can think of it as a five-stage cycle that happens over and over again. First, the people turn from God and worship other fake gods. Second, God gives them over to their enemies in judgment. Third, the people cry out to God for salvation. Fourth, God raises up a judge to save the people. Fifth, the judge dies and the people again turn away from God. This happens over and over again through the book judge after judge that God provides, and yet the people always eventually turn away from God and His law. Now, a quick word about judges. This office of judge apparently had its foundation way back when the people were in the wilderness with Moses. At that time, the judges would help make decisions and judgments when the people of Israel had disputes with one another. Well, in the book of Judges, God essentially amplifies the position of a judge who becomes not only a dispute manager, but also a military leader on behalf of Israel. Further, we find out that each of the judges that God raises up is empowered by God himself to lead the people. Remember, God is the one who raises up each judge into their leadership position. And while we could go through the actions of several of the judges, we're only going to talk about one today, as we draw out a theme from a prior episode. Now think back. Do you remember what the Israelites said about Ai when they were first going to take the city? 
They said it was only two or three hundred people, so that wouldn't be a problem for Israel. Yet it was a problem when God wasn't with them in battle. Well, with this judge that we'll talk about, named Gideon, we end up seeing a mirror image of that event, as God proves his power to the Israelites. Now, Gideon was a judge in Israel, and he was commanded by God to defeat a group of people called the Midianites, which had an encamped army of about 135,000 men near the Israelite army. And God wanted the Israelite army, who numbered 32,000, to go up against the Midianites over four times their size. But if that weren't enough, listen to what God says next. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 people returned, and 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Take them down to the water. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you, and give the Midianites into your hand, and let all the others go, every man to his home. Now, to let the Israelites know that it would be impossible for them to defeat the army of the Midianites without God, he pairs down that 32,000 to a fraction of its former size. The army God will use will be 300 out of the 32,000 original size. Now, for every one Israelite, there would be 450 Midianites, an army of 300 versus 135,000. In an event that you should read yourself starting in Judges chapter 7, we see this amazing victory over the Midianites that God accomplishes for Israel. In the middle of the night, these 300 men strike fear into the heart of the Midianite army, who then proceeds to start killing each other before fleeing the camp. And within a few verses, we see the army that was 135,000 strong has lost 120,000 of those men. The power of the Midianites was decimated because of God working through 300 Israelite men. It turns out that when God is with an army, numbers don't matter. Only God's power does. Yet, even after this amazing event, the cycle of the judges continues. As soon as Gideon dies, the people again turn away from worshiping the God who saved them over and over again, judge after judge. And as the book of Judges comes to a close, the writer develops a repeating refrain so that we know how bad things have gotten with the people rejecting God's rule over them. The book of Judges concludes with a final repetition of this refrain. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. In our next episode, we'll see the people demand something new from God in a new rejection of his rule over them. We'll see them demand to be like other nations. They don't want God to rule. They want a king. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. 
Are you enjoying the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It will help people discover the Bible brief and be exposed to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for helping us grow. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.